4: to love. hey scott
5: <laughs> hey ellie
4: <laughs> were you about to compliment my voice
5: every single time we start one of our podcasts ellie i i want to compliment your amazing singing ability so i guess this time congratulations born
4: to love.
5: on that beautiful voice <laughs> welcome to born to love i'm scott eckert
4: and I'm Ellie Kemper.
5: This is our podcast where we interview people about uh, the things that they were born to love. Anything, anything at all. Yep. I can't do it the way you do it, Ellie. Anything. What? How do you do it?
4: You do jo- Oh, I say anything. No, I say anything <laughs> in the world that they love.
5: Today, we have Gail Simmons from Top Chef coming on to talk about her love of time travel. Oh, I can't wait. But before we get to that, Ellie, how's your week going? Is it a good one?
4: My week is fine. You know, I had its ups and downs. How about you, Scott?
5: Uh, It was a pretty fantastic week. I want to tell you something that I realized I love. Let's go. I went to a sporting event Uh with my family, and the sports were fine. We don't even need to talk about the sports.
4: I have a feeling we're not even going to hear what the exact
5: sport was. Okay, go on. (laughs) It was a baseball game. Okay. (laughs) It was a baseball game. But see, the thing is, I realized, and I mean this in the sincerest possible way, that one of my favorite things in the entire world is the kiss cam. Oh, You know on the Jumbotron, when they just, like, put up random video of people in the crowd, and then as soon as the people Mm -hmm. notice that they're on, what do they have to do, Ellie? (laughs) (laughs) They got a kiss! They
4: got a kiss!
5: A baseball game, basketball game, whatever, you're gonna get up. You're gonna go get some food. There's probably gonna be times where you turn to the person you came with, you're talking, you're not necessarily paying attention to the game. I defy someone to tear their eyes away from the kiss cam. As soon as the kiss cam comes up, that's all I want to watch. Because I like watching the people... Surprised that they're on the Chumbotron? I like watching the people feel obligated to kiss. Their kisses, almost always heartbreakingly sweet. Hi. A part of me, secretly hoping I'm on the jumbotron. Well, I... I Ellie, what do you think about the kiss cam?
4: Scott, I apologize, and I don't want this to diminish your love. I thought you were bearing the lead and that maybe you were caught on the kiss cam. It seems you were not.
5: I've never been on the Kiss Cam. It's my live stream and it hasn't okay. happened yet. All right.
4: We're making that happen. I got a call into <laughs> the Kiss Cam Corp. But I want to tell you, this is why I love talking with you about what you love this week. Because, Scott, you often... Illuminate something that was shrouded in darkness until you've shown your little flashlight on it.
5: Little flashlight?
4: Bigot, big.
5: It's a spotlight, Ellie. I don't have a little flashlight. I got a giant megawatt spotlight of truth and it just got pointed at the kiss cam.
4: (laughs) My deepest apologies. You have a spotlight, not a little flashlight. And when you pointed (laughs) that spotlight on the kiss cam, I realized, oh yeah, that is so much fun. It's like nothing but fun because you're exactly right. It has that hidden camera element, obviously, but it's founded on pure love. And now I see why you weren't specific about the sporting event, because it doesn't matter what the sporting event is. Once that jumbotron's on, all eyes are locked on that jumbotron. And whether it's a dad kissing his daughter, or whether it's a husband kissing his wife, or whether it's a, well, dogs aren't allowed in there, I guess.
5: I've never seen one with a dog, but you know what? If there was like a blind person and a seeing eye dog and they put on the kiss cam, wouldn't everyone in the stadium groan with just like such surprise? Surprise and delight.
4: Oh, Scott, if I had a nickel for every time I thought some, you know, vicious dictator just had a dog to kiss,
5: what (laughs) we'd be done. How many nickels would you have, Ellie?
4: I, I would have enough to build a mansion.
5: I'm surprised. An I would, I, I would have thought you'd have zero. The, the times you imagine a dictator kissing a dog.
4: No, I think about that a lot. <laughs> I think about that. A lot. Oh, <laughs> I go to sleep dreaming of those
5: dictators, <laughs> making out with those dogs. But you're right, because the thing is, <laughs> the thing is that, that every combination is satisfying, right? Old people, married 50 years, you love to see them kiss. Yep. Two people, maybe on the first. Date, oh my God, they're so reluctant to kiss, but the kiss cam makes them do it. Two little kids, maybe a brother and a sister. What? I don't know. What's happening? (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) The kiss cam's not a sexual thing, Ellie. It
4: doesn't mean they're gonna get married to their sibling. (laughs) It just means they're going to share a little peck.
5: Do you know maybe one of the most adorable kiss cams ever? Barack? and Michelle Obama.
4: Don't even tempt me right now. Taken
5: during his presidency. No. President of the United States goes to a ball game and guess what? The kiss cam has power over the most powerful man in the world. All right. Barack Obama, Michelle Obama up on the kiss cam on the jumbotron. Guess what, Ellie? Guess what they did? Did they kiss? They kissed.
4: Okay. (laughs) Okay. cute! So cute! (laughs) Did the whole stadium just faint from just (laughs) relief? And like, it's going to be okay, you know? Yes. If I had a nickel for every time I think of those two just sharing a smooch and thinking it's going to be okay, I'd have two mansions, okay? Because I (laughs) built a mansion for the dictators with their puppies and for the Obamas sharing a smooch. So, Scott, I'm sorry you weren't on the Jumbotron kiss cam, but next time... Next time. Speaking of the future, Scott.
5: Gail Simmons coming on to talk about time travel. As I'm sure our listeners know, Gail is an author-producer. She's also my favorite judge on the cooking competition show Top Chef. In addition to being a Top Chef regular, Gail's hosted numerous other cooking shows, including Iron Chef Canada and Top Chef Amateurs. She's also the author of Talking With My Mouth Full, My Life as a Professional Eater, and she has a cookbook called Bringing It Home, Favorite Recipes from a Life of Adventurous Eating, which was nominated for the Best Cookbook Award by the International Association of Culinary Professionals.
4: I am so excited. I have never met Gail Simmons before. I couldn't be more excited to talk about the subject she loves. So when we come back, we're going to talk with magnificent Gail Simmons about time travel. everybody we are back we are here to talk about time travel with gail simmons hello hi gail
2: naturally hi
6: guys i'm so happy to chat with you
4: we are so happy to have you here
6: we're both very excited oh i'm so glad
5: i mean i'm i'm excited because i've known you primarily through food related things so this time travel angle has got me especially thrilled how did you get into time travel related stuff, Gail?
6: I mean, it's been a lifelong affair, born to love, right? When I was like planning to talk to you guys, I love your podcast and I love the idea of it. And like, yes, we could totally talk about food. And I love food. And that's what everyone <laughs> associates me with. And I'm sure that you both in your lives. Understand that feeling of like, yes, I totally love food, but I am a multidimensional human. <laughs> right. Um, and I don't only eat. Like, and I don't think there's like that many opportunities sometimes. Like, like, Ellie, you're an actress. You get to play lots of different things right. and people, but I play myself right. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but but you do do other things? Yes, yes I do. Gosh. I do many other things. Yes. But when I was just like thinking of something <gasps> that that maybe people don't think about with me, it's time travel. I do not time travel. No. I have not yet finished my flex capacitor, but <laughs> I'm a science fiction buff, specifically time travel in various forms, like my favorite books I've ever read, my favorite movies of all time. It's just this common theme. And so if you are defying the laws of time and space, I want to know about it and I will (laughs) discuss it with
4: you. Gail, first of all, you summed up the objective of this podcast perfectly because yes, we want people who are maybe known for something else to come and talk about something we didn't know that they love. So this is a great revelation to all of us. Can I ask... If you had to pick a favorite time travel movie, does one pop or or, or, or three favorite time travel movies? Yes. What would yes. they be?
6: I mean, I could talk about several, yep. but I will say like from the minute it came out, my entire life, my favorite movie of all time has always kind of a two-parter, Back to the Future. Done. It shaped and formed so much of my childhood. Like when I talk about time travel, I could get really nerdy And it all started with Back to the Future, parts one and two. I like to forget about three. And if you (laughs) have seen the trilogy, everyone knows why. It probably shouldn't have been made. But that doesn't mean that I don't love the first two.
5: So Back to the Future, iconic touchstone for me as well, Gail. I think there might be some younger listeners who are less familiar with it. Yeah. If you had to summarize the story of the first Back to the Future. Sure, what would it be? This is a leading question a little bit because I started to watch it with my kids and had such fond memories Aww. of it and then <laughs> and forgot one of the key pieces. So what what is Back to the Future <laughs> oh. in a nutshell?
6: I think I know where you're going here. It's the story of sort of an outcast high school kid whose only real friend is a mad scientist.
5: <laughs> Already great beginning. (laughs) I mean,
6: don't you want to have been in the pitch meeting for the movie? yes. So many 80s movies, (laughs) I wish I was in the room for the pitch meeting, because you can't understand how they got made. But they're brilliant. Yes. So, you know, he has this mad scientist friend, Doc. The two of them were just such a genius.
5: Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd, iconic duo.
6: Iconic. And Christopher Lloyd turns a DeLorean into a time-traveling machine, And in a series of events where they are chased, Michael J. Fox jumps in the car and it takes him back from 1985 to 1955 to the moment really where his parents meet in high school. But because he is there, he gets in the way of that meeting and chaos ensues. The space-time continuum is forever changed and he has to figure it out and get back to 1985 without becoming extinct. And he plays a mean electric guitar. There's some crazy awesome skateboarding
5: scenes. That is a brilliant summation. The thing that you glossed over is also the thing that I had forgotten, which is that the central conflict of much of the film is that his mom wants to have sex with him. Correct.
6: (laughs) You know, it's it's layered. It's nuanced. It's nuanced. But he is not comfortable with the situation because he knows that it's his mom. She just meets this, like, I mean, it's Michael J. Fox, guys. Yeah. He is the OG Fox. Absolutely. If you were 16 and at Michael J. Fox, wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't you want to have sex with him? So you can't really blame oh, her. Oh, no, you can't.
4: conflict do you think children like Scott when you're watching it with your kids I don't remember picking up on that did they
6: find it weird because I mean I watched it but I don't remember it being weird at the time right that's right like did your kids point that out or were you like oh god oh no <laughs> it's, yeah. It went it's over their head. Now like,
5: oh God, oh no. We started watching the movie, and I was just loving every minute of it. And <laughs> they liked it, but not as much as I did. Yeah. And then he wakes up in 1955, and his mom is immediately trying to seduce him. Yeah. And they're already a little bit iffy on what exactly is going on. So I will confess, we ended up turning it off.
6: Yeah. <laughs> as you're recounting that scene. The piece that's sticking out in my mind is that through the entire film, he goes by the name of Calvin because it's on his underpants, Oh, Because he's wearing Calvin (laughs) Klein underpants. And she's like, why does it say Calvin Klein on your underpants? Oh. So she calls him Calvin, right? That's hilarious. Because he's like naked in bed with his mom, which is totally weird when you say it that way. Oh my God. And this
4: is also reminding me of Big the Tom Hanks movie, where, like, he becomes a grown-up. But he's, like, 12. 12. And, and there's a
6: woman seducing, seducing him.
4: So all of these little 80s movies, big, also sort of a time travel thing, right? In that he becomes a, an adult.
6: Yeah, totally. Sexual harassment of minors, <laughs> as well as incest, were not supposed to be the focus of this interview, no. but, like, I'm happy to go God, there. guys, you multitudes. I didn't bring them up. Yes. We contain too. She doesn't
4: only eat food, listeners. <laughs> okay, so when you were a kid watching Back to the Future, although Scott's kids maybe not as entertained as we all were, but why is it so appealing to us to travel through time? Is it just the notion of like being able to visit a place that you know in real life you'd never be able to? Or is it like you could reinvent yourself? What is it that appeals to you
6: so much? I think there's a piece of this idea that time is not linear and that we could go back and change reality and that there are multiple realities that I think are really interesting. And this is a theme in every time travel movie, TV show, book. It's that these tiny choices dictate everything that come after it. And if I had gone right instead of going left, if I had eaten the blue pill instead of the red, if I had walk through this door instead of that door, where would I be? Who would I be? And there's so many variations of that. And that to me, I think is just like a fascinating conceit. Oh, fascinating. You know,
4: I always notice that when I get stuck at the red light, I'm like, oh, yeah. if I had just left, you know, 30 seconds earlier, but then it's like, well, no, 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 because, you
5: know, every, well, what? So I just think that that's your greatest regret.
6: <laughs> I
4: think of it all the
5: time. When you think, I got, I guess that I got bigger regrets in my life. If I would go back and change one thing, it would not be leaving 30 seconds earlier to avoid a red light. But you
6: never know, Scott. That's you the point. That's the you point. just never know, because everything afterwards was dictated by that red light. Exactly right. Right? Like, If I hadn't have been standing in this exact spot at this exact time. I have a perfect example. Bring it.
4: I was in an argument with my now husband and he happened to be at the Beacon Theater coming from a Steely Dan concert. And I was going to the grocery store. Now, what if he hadn't gone to Steely Dan and what if I hadn't gone to the grocery store? Then I would not have run into him and then maybe we wouldn't have made up. And then maybe we wouldn't have, you know, had two children together. So it all comes back to the red light.
6: Don't knock the red light, Scott. Don't knock
4: the red light, Scott.
5: (laughs) You know, if I could go back and change things, I would. I wouldn't have. I I wish that I had the power to get into a time traveling car, rev it up to 88 miles per hour, and then just shut my mouth.
6: There's just so many moments like that. It's all about that right time, right place, or like maybe it was meant to be. It depends on what side of that kind of like. Conversation that you're on, yep. right? Is it all destiny? Right. Do have the ability to change destiny. Right. right. Do we think
4: there are multiple realities? I'm going there, guys. This is not a sci-fi podcast, but I'm going there today. I don't know what I think about multiple realities. You're not
5: up on the multiverse, Emily? <laughs> not today.
6: No, not today.
5: <laughs> Quantum
6: theory. <laughs> That's it. But like, obviously, there is a human interest, craving, need to figure that out, right? right. Like. Uh, I don't know. I I have to believe that... Uh, it's a tricky question. I don't know. I don't want to sound like I'm out of my mind. But, like, I don't know. I think there has to be... Yeah, yeah. I say maybe, yes.
5: I'm very impressed by how philosophical this has turned. I got us there. I agree with everything that's been said. Uh, one thing that I personally like about time travel stories myself is that people get to like fight dinosaurs there's a wish fulfillment separate and apart from all of these deeper questions it's like man it would be cool to go back and avoid world war ii or whatever yes
6: that's exactly right that's why it is so i think alluring yeah
5: if you could travel to another era any other era part of the world. Where would it be, Gail? And, and also you, Ellie.
4: We're only picking one. I mean, I guess it's a year that I know about. How do I know it's not a future year, Scott? Maybe the best is yet to come.
5: I mean, maybe the answer is the future. That would be pretty yeah. cool. I guess yeah. that's probably... I mean, who, who doesn't want to go to the future and, like, visit the moon and say hi to aliens and stuff? If you
6: have the almanac, <laughs> right. then yeah, especially. Right. But if you're thinking about the past...
4: Listen, now that I'm taking the question seriously, all that's coming to my head is I'm like, well, plumbing, I do like the era we live in now. I probably would be so simple and I would say the 50s. I might just go to the 50s for a milkshake and then pop on back.
5: You genuinely pull a back to the future. You just. just...
4: I told you. I told you. Yes.
6: It's a simple answer
5: for a simple woman.
6: (laughs) I like it. You want to hear crazy statistic that I heard but I still can't stop thinking about it? Yes. So do you guys remember The Wonder Years and they remade The Wonder Years recently? Yes. And when it came out in the early 90s, it was supposed to take place in the 60s, right? And when they redid The Wonder Years just a couple years ago, it also took place in the 60s at that same era. However, If the Wonder Years were made to just reflect 30 years prior, it would have actually only taken place in like 1995. That's nuts. Gail, that is such an interesting observation. And doesn't it feel like when we were in the 90s, it felt like the 60s was like forever ago. Eons ago. I don't understand. I don't understand
4: time. I don't understand time. And also, I really don't understand time as I get older because I, I'm i 43 and I absolutely think that I'm 15. Yeah. And here's, will always blow all of our minds probably when we think of our parents at this age. Like my- Husband just realized when his mom was his age, he was in college. And I'm like, I have a four year old.
6: Well, we all did it a whole other way. We all did it a whole other way. I'm
5: with you.
4: But that kind of time thing, it's nuts.
5: If you traveled through time and met your parents at the age you are now, what would you think of them? Like my kids at their elementary school, I meet other moms and dads at school drop off. And of course I form instantaneous judgments about all of them. (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) That person's really cool. Or it's like, that guy's a real asshole, right? (laughs) And if there was some dimensional hopping, what would I think of my own parents if they were dropping a child me at school? I don't know. Would I think to myself, those guys are
0: cool? Or
5: would I be like, they're real losers?
6: I, I totally wonder that. I think about it a lot too, because my parents had children late for their time, right? My mom had me at the age of 37, which then 40 plus years ago yeah. was like, she was like a grandmother. Oh, yeah. Like when she would drop me off at nursery school, the other parents <sighs> would be like, oh, you're dropping off your grandchild. No. She'd be like, wait, they legitimately said that? Oh yeah. Oh, that's
5: crazy. Crazy thing to say to a 37 year old woman. Totally. She
6: was like geriatric at the time. Right. Wow. So she was like 40 and they were, and that was really old at the time. And of course, when I was growing up, I was very aware that my mother was older yep. than all my friends' moms, yep. right? She felt like the older mom. <gasps> right. And when I was growing up, I was like, when I have kids, I'm not going to be the older one. I'm going to have kids early. And I felt like I'm going to do everything in my power to have kids younger than my mom. And guess how old I was when I had my first kid? 37. Yes, yes. Exactly the age. So now I am literally yep. at every age that I am oh, right. with my daughter was the exact age my mother was with me. It's like I couldn't fight destiny. That is so interesting that you you can't fight
4: destiny. That's my profound thing. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I'm with you. It's all part of the idea of time and figuring out time and how we age and that it's so finite and it feels so unavoidable. And I think that's part of, to go back to the original question yep. you asked, Scott, Why I'm so fascinated with time travel. Yeah.
5: The correct answer, by the way, is the sailing ship times maybe be a pirate. That's that's my.
6: Oh, oh, that's fun. A
4: conquistador. Yeah, that's fun.
5: I'm going to ask another brain bender. If you could travel back in time and meet someone, who would you want to meet?
4: Scott, can I just interrupt everyone to say that's a tricky question? Because you've got to be so cautious about meeting your heroes. Okay, that's all I'm going to say before anyone submits an answer. To consider that they might not measure up. Now you're anxious, just careful.
6: Yes, okay. We're not going to actually do it right now, we're not going to go back and meet them right now because that's too stressful for me. It's too much.
4: Are we going back to that time period? Like, are we going back to the 1500s and seeing them there? I would rather bring the person to me and meet them for coffee
5: because of the plumbing. You're really I fixated so on the plumbing, right, Ellie?
4: About the plumbing. <laughs> It's a legitimate (laughs) issue. Yes, it is. I'll be anxious. You know I'm going to have to use the bathroom beforehand. So I really (laughs) would like to bring them to me.
5: You have an option to meet Jesus. And you've declined declined it because you're worried about the plumbing.
6: (laughs) Yeah, I think it stands. I think it stands. It was hot out there in Bethlehem. Yes, exactly
4: right. And I wouldn't want to be stuck at you know. (laughs) So I would bring someone to my current day, and it would be Jane Austen. I mean, that's my answer.
5: Oh, beautiful. Absolutely. She'd be such a great conversationalist. Oh
4: my gosh.
5: She'd give good dating advice, oh, wouldn't excellent. she? The best that
4: marriage advice.
5: That's not to diminish her genius. Okay, people are gonna say, "Oh, oh Scott, Scott,
3: she's just a woman. She's a relationship advisor.
5: She's a student of the human experience." <laughs> I bet twenty minutes with Jane Austen, and she diagnose everything that's wrong with my marriage.
4: Oh yeah? Are you kidding?
5: And you know, what, you know what she'd say? Nothing. It's perfect. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. Gail, do you have any? I don't
6: know Harriet Tubman. Oh people yeah, people who you read about. Oh my gosh. in the history books, yep. and you wonder what life was really like for them.
4: Oh, and what, for lack of a better metaphor, mountains they had to climb. It's truly, in some ways, unimaginable. And again, plumbing aside, but just how they were able to navigate the world.
5: <laughs> they didn't have flushable toilets. toilets. That, was they the didn't have them.
4: <laughs> that was the first mountain. That was the first hurdle they need to clear. So I'm always like, well, how does every? How can I possibly know what it was like to live then? And yet. There's this shared human experience.
5: Yeah. You are not lying, Gail. You truly are a time travel <laughs> expert. It's, it's not it's not just, uh, you know, Back to the Future and Avengers. I mean,
6: we haven't even gotten into Quantum Leap and Star Trek yet. Oh my yet. gosh. I can go deep Star Trek,
5: and I can, but we don't have time. No, we've got to bring you back. <laughs> it's too much. It's too big. <laughs> I hope we have time for a game that we like to play called Love It or Loathe It. We got
6: 10 minutes. We got 10 minutes. Okay, great.
4: Gail, this is one of our favorite games. In fact, it's our only game. It's called Love It or Loathe It. What we are going to do is throw out items for you to tell us that you love or loathe, okay? There's no in between. You can't feel, you have to have strong opinions about each thing. We don't want any, you know, tepid responses. Excellent.
5: I have
6: opinions.
5: Love it or loathe it, Gail. Carpeted floors.
6: I'm going to say Love a Rug low the carpet. I don't need them. I'm 90% of them. I'm not interested in.
5: That's a sophisticated answer. I, I do like to scrunch (laughs) my toes up in a carpet. Mm. You Mm. can't do that with a rug, Gail. I'm not going to, I don't want to turn this into a debate. If it's a public carpet, like a hotel carpet or. Oh, I would not scrunch my toes up in a carpet (laughs) in a casino floor.
4: That's my point. I don't, is that something that's commonly done? Scrunching your toes up in carpet?
5: I mean, it's in the movie Die Hard. I do it. Don't you do that? Don't you know what I'm talking
6: about? Scrunching your toes up in the carpet? Yeah. But also, casino carpets are arguably the worst of all carpets. They are the reason I don't
4: like carpets, specifically. And listen, we all understand why they're there. They hide the dirt. So you think, oh, there's no dirt on this carpet. But little do you know, Scott's been trying to
5: scrunch up his toes. toes. (laughs) Those are the carpets I'm not scrunching my toes up. I'm scrunching my toes up at private residential carpets. fine. We'll let you do it. (laughs)
4: Fair (laughs) enough. Okay, Gail, love it or loathe it.
6: The word foodie. I do not like it. I'll tell you why. People love to tell me that they are not a foodie. Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm not a foodie. I don't cook. And you know, my answer is, I call bull. Because you're human. And you know what happens? If you don't eat, you don't survive. So you might not be into like fancy food. And I guess that's what you think a foodie is. But ultimately, like we all have to eat and we all have opinions about food. And you can't deny that when you eat something delicious, you aren't satisfied by that thing, no matter what that thing is. We are just all eaters Mm -hmm. because we're alive. Mm -hmm. And so just that word is silly. It's like overused and misused.
4: I love that because sometimes it can feel intimidating to someone who doesn't know a lot about cuisine or cooking like myself. It can feel intimidating sometimes when you're with people who know more. Yeah.
6: I feel like it's an elitist term. Uh
5: Stupid,
4: Gail, one thing I love is your answer, which is you loathe the term foodie. Appreciate that.
5: Speaking of food, Gail, love it or loathe it, cottage cheese.
6: Oh, that's so... <laughs> Loaded.
5: This isn't an easy game, Gail.
6: It's a polarizing ingredient. My husband is so afraid of it that, like, if it's anywhere near him, he literally runs in the opposite direction. And I feel like most people really are very on one side of the argument or other. I guess I love it. I think it is underutilized. I don't eat it on a regular basis. I feel like it's misunderstood. It's an underdog. I'm with your husband. I love it. I, I, I Yeah. You're not alone. I'm not alone. Did you guys know this? Little Miss Muffet, you know, she sat yeah. on her tuffet. Yeah. Eating <gasps> curds and whey. That's oh. what she was eating. Cottage cheese is curds and whey. That's what cottage cheese is. Never thought that. It's a separation. It's the beginning of the making of the cheese process. Cheese curds and the whey is the water. And when they're separated but mixed together, that's just cottage cheese. She was eating a bowl of cottage cheese.
5: So she loves it. She
6: loves it, but then the spider came and the whole thing. If I had to think of what I would have told you, if you said, what are curds
4: and whey? I guess I would have thought, okay, it's cheese curds, but I thought whey, I guess I always thought she was eating straw.
6: Oh, interesting. That's what I think of when I think (laughs) of whey. I think a lot of people think it's some sort of
5: porridge, but no, it's just cottage cheese. (laughs) That's a really sad, sad sight. Yeah. An old lady, (laughs) Little Miss Muffin, just eating cheese curds and straw. Gail, love it or loathe it, Canada.
6: Oh, super love. It's my homeland. It's the best place on earth. It makes me super happy. The longer I spend away from it, the more I appreciate it. I've lived now exactly half my life (gasps) in both countries. And now I'm an American citizen. Very newly just became American citizen last year. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm happy and proud, but also still proud to be born and bred Canadian. It's a very special country that believes in a lot of things that I believe in deeply
5: for sure as a dual citizen you'd say America's like just a teeny bit better though right <laughs> i mean i'm gonna
6: say that for the yes yeah correct. scott I yeah know, for maybe for the but, time being but you wonder something interesting quick story is that when you take your citizenship test here in the land of the free and the home of the brave part of the question you have to answer is will you bear arms against canada What? What? Yeah, of course. Because you have to pledge allegiance to the flag. Oh, my. And in doing so, give up your native land. Hmm. And the funny thing about that conversation, as you can imagine, is the person asks you that. And what I wanted to say was, can you, like, give me an example when that (laughs) would be a threat? Because from what I can tell, we would annihilate Canada in a heartbeat. And right. They're really nice. And like, we get along yep. really well. So right. Like, I don't really think it's going to happen. But your answer has to be yes. Or else you obviously oh, are like, yeah. like you failed the test. Yeah. I had no idea that was a question on mm-hmm. the citizenship test. Okay. I have a love it or loathe it for
4: you, Gail. Love it or loathe it. I've read that you love skiing.
6: I want to know how you feel about snowboarding. Oh. Oh. The thing is that snowboarding doesn't like me. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool, yeah. but I grew up a skier. It's part of the cliche of being Canadian. Like, I skied my whole life, and the few times that I've snowboarded, I have just, like, fallen on my butt and hurt my Mm -hmm. butt really badly, and then I'm, like, black and blue and so Mm -hmm. not good at it, and hence I don't want to do it ever again.
4: Yeah, I understand. There's also, it's just a little bit cool. The vibe of snowboarding is cooler, something I can't really Mm -hmm. pull off, so it's there. I I understand (laughs) that. I understand. (laughs)
6: Gail, love mm-hmm. it or loathe it. Earth tones. Yeah, sure. Love the earth tone, especially in the realm of home design. That's also generally the best food color. It's not the food color that looks best, and I'm all for like eating the rainbow, and I love color in food. Yeah. But in my heart, beige food is a really fantastic genre of food, you know? So I feel like, you know, things are better when they're browned and crispy and crunchy. And you think of a carb and you think of a potato and you think about the crispy bits of things and that's the earth tones of the food world. And I'm, I'm all for them
4: such a hard agree and i don't take photos of food that much but i ought, when i am really enjoying something it is invariably like earth Tony and doesn't make for such a great photo so i'm so glad you you pointed that out
6: yeah it's somewhere between like a toddler diet and an yep. old jewish grandfather diet yep. both of which yep. hit me very deeply yep. and they're my favorite foods it's just how it works out you validated my whole palette I guess
5: this has been such a delight Gail <laughs> yes. it's been a, truly a joy talking to you before we let you go is there anything that you want to plug when I mean, we know you have an author obviously all over on television tell our listeners where where they might find your work
6: what I'm really excited about is that as we've been talking in Wisconsin we're shooting season 21 of top chef and I'm really proud of it and excited about it and it will air you know in early 2024 oh, great we can't wait And I think it's going to be a really different, exciting sort of adventure and season. And there'll be a lot of cheese because, you know, here we are in Wisconsin. Yeah, And that is in itself (laughs) a triumph. Curds and whey. (laughs) For the way.
4: <laughs> yes. Wreck. Gail, it has been such a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for taking the time to be on our podcast.
6: Thanks, guys. Ditto. You guys just make me laugh. We love you. Thank, please come yeah, back. Okay. Come back in, in yes. the future or the yes. past. Yes, the past. We're going to meet. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> Thank you for humoring me. Thank you, Gail. <laughs>
5: Thanks for listening to Born to Love. We'll be back next week with brand new things that we love.
4: We want to hear from you. Leave us a review in Apple Podcasts and tell us what you love. We might even ask one of our guests in an upcoming Love It or Loathe It.
5: Born to Love is hosted and created by Ellie Kemper and Scott Eckert.
4: Our executive producer is Aaron Kaufman. Our producers are Sheena Ozaki and Zoe Dankla.
5: Born to Love is part of Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network in collaboration with iHeart Podcasts. Special thanks to Hans Sani, Rachel Kaplan and Adriana Cassiano, Michael Fales, Alex Corral, and Bahid Frazier.
2: Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story.